strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion. Everybody loves it when I drink into the microphone, so I wanted to start my podcast with a nice gulp of coffee. And this is not caveman coffee, because I save that for when I make an entire pot. This is just some K-cup bullshit. How's it going, everybody? This is Johnny Doe, and you have tuned in. (laughs) To use a radio reference, you have tuned your podcast listening device to this podcast which is a strange things are afoot at the circle k it's really life advice with a twist that's what i like to call it um you know life advice is one of those weird things because uh, some people want to tell you how to live your life not me i'm not going to tell you exactly how to live or you should live like i do Uh, i'm going to give you my opinion on things and then apply it apply that um, to your life as you see fit. And maybe you can learn something from me because I'm constantly learning from other people. So this uh, podcast is brought to you by Caveman Coffee, which is one of our official, unofficial sponsors and NOS Energy Drink. Those are our two official, unofficial sponsors. And they're official because I love those two products. And they're unofficial because they don't know that I... Um, advertise for them on this podcast but I love both products and that's the beauty of this podcast I don't make any money off it I don't make a dime I spend many dimes on it uh, to host a website and what and and what have you but any product that I tell you that it's good it's because I really believe it's good I'm not saying you're gonna like it I'm just saying I like it so those are uh those are the things that I endorse I also endorse hold on Blue Snowball microphone, because that's what's in front of me. Um, I When I first thought about doing a podcast, I didn't know the basics, so I bought a book on Amazon. It was just like how to start a podcast, basically. It's a pretty decent book, but you can tell the guy. There's a lot of like product placement and shit like this microphone. I was thinking, I wonder if this guy's getting a kickback, because he was very specific, like this is the software that you use. This is... Uh, the the website that you use. Hold on, let me take another drink. Ah, refreshing. I love coffee at certain points. And anyway, this book told me that the Blue Snowball microphone was uh, one of the most inexpensive yet high-quality ones. And so I looked for it on Amazon. They had it. So that's why I bought it. Everything else that he advised, he said, use this software to record. I don't use it. Use this uh, web hosting. I don't use that. Um, Everything else I kind of figured out on, I don't want to say on my own, but did some other research, trial and error. Lo and behold, I'm doing this podcast um, the way I want to do it, but this microphone was a was a good purchase. So if you're looking to start a podcast and you like the way my voice sounds, um, 
I just burped. <clears throat> go ahead and cut that out. Hold on. Where's my editor? Hey, go, hey, go ahead and cut that out. Okay. <clears throat> and three, two, one. So if you're looking for a microphone, I would say that's a good one. Now, I will also go ahead and fess up that this is the only microphone I've ever used. So maybe there's some out there that are 100 times better. Um, I listen to my own podcast and I listen to a lot of other people's and I think mine sounds better than a lot of the amateur podcasts. I don't know if it's the room or whatever. I don't have any acoustics. I'm just in a regular kind of large room. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a good microphone. Got a little windscreen here and a, you know, a little arm armature thing that's holding, holding my microphone in front of my face. But, uh, I encourage you to start a podcast. Why? Because I think anybody can do a podcast. If you like to talk like I do, um, I guarantee you probably have something compelling in your life. You just have to learn how to how to tell it, uh, and what what your what your message is. My message is to talk about my life, good and bad, and hopefully people can learn something from it. But so many people out there that have podcasts, always give advice. And I'm not saying that they're not, they were always rich and famous or movie star or whatever, but people that have, um, people that are celebrities and they've been in the celebrity eye for, you know, 20 fucking years, I don't want to hear their opinions on how for me to live my life. Now it's great if they're giving me advice on how to, how to do what they do. But there's so many people like myself that we just want to live and pursue happiness, but we're not looking to be rich and famous. Like being famous is my nightmare. I would love to be rich, but I definitely don't want to be famous. Um, I don't even use my real name on this podcast, and that's one of the reasons. I don't, I don't, you know, there's a couple people I know that stumbled across my podcast, and uh, they knew it was me, and I don't, I don't mind it, but if, 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 Everybody knew that I was doing a podcast. I I wouldn't like it. I kind of like the anonymity and be able to say whatever I want to say without consequences. And there's always consequences. So <clears throat> one of the things I'm going to talk about in the beginning of this podcast, and we're going to get to the actual subject of the podcast, is uh, that topic right there, free speech. Okay, Free speech, we've talked about this before on this podcast, but I can't stress it enough. Speech always has consequences. Do not get that mixed up with freedom of speech. For instance, if I said, I'm in the military, this is my real name, this is where I work, this is where my office is located, this is my uh, first sergeant's name, all that shit, I might be free to do it, but there might be some consequences. Now, I'm not going to be thrown in jail. The government's not going to um, you know, do anything like that, but it could impact you know, uh, work-related things. It could um, be some uncomfortability. I could uh, maybe, you know, the judge advocate generals, the, the lawyers in the army might decide, well, you are representing yourself as a soldier and you're doing it and kind of in a, in a bad light. So you, you can't still do your job in the military since I work with the public in the military and still do this podcast. So they, they might. I mean, they're real weird about social media and all that shit. So that that's one of the reasons why 
I, I changed my name for this podcast and I don't get into a lot of details about my civilian uh, life and or military job. My old job, not my current job. And because I understand that freedom of speech doesn't mean that I can do whatever the fuck I want. There's never consequences. If you call somebody a bitch and they're bigger than you, you might get punched in the fucking face. That is a good lesson to learn. So if your speech is important to you, then it's worth it. It's worth getting punched in the face. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want someone to turn their nose at me. I don't want somebody to say, you can't come into my business. You can't uh, be friends with my daughter or whatever the consequences are. If you don't want that to happen, then maybe you should, you know, pull back a little bit and um, tread lightly on what you say. But if you want to say whatever the fuck you want, like I have my entire life, I've always had consequences to how I talk and how I talk to people. Uh, I was never, th- I've never been thrown in jail for it. So understand what freedom of speech is. It just means that government's not going to uh, quiet you unless you are doing something that does not fall under the category of freedom of speech. Okay. Now that I got that out of the way. So this podcast is about uh, life advice because I feel like I'm 42 years old and I remember when I was younger, it seemed like people in their 40s is the the first people I really started listening to. Like I remember I knew some people in their 30s and, and I felt like that they were still kind of figuring shit out. But people in their 40s for for some reason, they, they really... They, they really had some good advice. They, 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 it's almost like they came full circle almost to, um, to learn some of their errors in their 20s, right? So I like to talk about my life. I like to um, explain the philosophies of how I live my life because I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm far from it like most people. Uh, admittedly, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I don't see mistakes the same way that most people do. I see them as opportunities to learn. And I and I do believe that I've learned more from my fuck-ups than I have from my successes. Now, with that being said, I've, I've never had big fuck-ups like gone to prison or, or uh, you know, had been kicked out of my house because I didn't pay my mortgage or something like that. You know, I it's not like I'm not talking about those mistakes. I've never murdered somebody in cold blood. I've never, you know, committed a crime or shit like that. So when I say a mistake, I mean, you need to take calculated risks in your life. And if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work the way you thought it would, there's a lot to be learned from that. And I don't see that as a failure. I see that as an opportunity to succeed. Uh, I always remember that story, um, about Albert Einstein, not Albert Einstein, um, what's his fucking face, uh, Thomas Edison, the light bulb guy, <laughs> that he that he had some like 800 attempts at the light bulb before he finally got it right. That sounds like a fucking retard to me, but seriously, yeah, he's retarded. N- Nikolai Tesla, he was the shit, but Thomas Edison looked at it as every time I find it like a filament that doesn't work correctly and, and the, the light bulb burns out immediately, then you kind of mark that off the list. It's like, well, I know one thing that doesn't work. 
and that sooner or later, with enough effort and enough time spent, he would find something that did work. And I always liked that philosophy is every time you fail, as long as you don't give up, you're that much closer to success. Um, that's awesome. You know, it's, think of it this way. If somebody says, hey, I'm thinking of a number between one and a thousand. Think of it. What am I, what am I thinking? You're like, mm, 603. Nope. No hints, no nothing else. You just know 603 is not right. Well, guess what? It might take you another 999 guesses to get it right. Or it might take you two or three guesses. But my point is, eventually, you will get it right. There's only a finite number of ways of doing it. Most people that fail, it's because they don't have the resources, let's say if it's a business or something, to do a finite number of different things before they have to just pack it up and say, fuck it, I can't do this. But you have to, if you really want to achieve something, it's really on you. No one else can really stand in your way. You can figure out a way to do it. Maybe it hasn't been done before. Maybe maybe there's not a path to do it. But uh, that's usually a good thing because the biggest mistakes I see people make is they follow someone else's path. And usually if someone else, this is the way that they made it work, the likelihood that you're going to do the exact same thing and it's going to work out the same way is slim to none. So it's usually better if you don't even know a path. That way you can just figure it out on your own. So I was thinking about, um, you know, my paths in life. And I've done, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I've, I mean, I can't even get into how many different jobs that I've, that I've done. And maybe one day on this podcast, if I run out of shit to talk about, I'll just go through like my resume of some of the different, you know, I've had some interesting jobs and I have great stories from all of those jobs. And I've met some very interesting people. I've, I've really have lived a very um, full life when it comes to that stuff, but I'm 42 years old. I'm not 82. I, I got a long way to go before I'm done. And that's what this podcast is about is I've been doing some self exploration and if you remember, recall what I just said about 10 minutes ago, um, that I kind of get a little stir crazy after a while, after, you know, I, I, I work a job for a while or, or whatever. I've been in the military for 10 years, but I've done, I've done various things. And the good thing about the military is, is, um, certain jobs, they're, they're always evolving and changing. There's always new things to learn. So it's, it, you don't get bored with a particular job um, when you're in like a combat role like I was in earlier in my career. And I was, you know, I didn't do it full time because I'm in the National Guard. Um, but half of my career I've been active duty. And so when you're doing it day in and day out, it does get mundane, it does get old. And so I'm kind of at a point in my life now where I'm ready for a change. I don't know what that is, uh, what that looks like. Stay tuned because there are some changes coming. Um, I'm just, you know, not going to say yet because it's not set in stone. But every once in a while, I realize that I'm not being challenged. And what, what I mean is 
think about when whatever job that you have right now, your first day at work. And I don't care if you work at like Home Depot or you're an attorney. Your first day at work is almost always stressful. You feel like, uh, you know, most time overwhelmed that you don't know, let's say, the computer system. You don't know how to clock in. Uh, you don't know, you know, how they do customer service. You're not sure if you're working like in a retail. You don't know where everything's located. It, it's just it's it's just real uh, stressful at first. Then you start to kind of get the hang of it. And when you when that first happens, maybe it's two weeks in, maybe it's two months in. But when you first start feeling like, oh, I can do this. And, and you get some confidence. And then something kind of kicks you in the ass and reminds you, hey, you, you really haven't worked here that, that long. And there's kind of a learning curve. And you do that for months, if not years. And then you get to a point, and depending on if it's a job or a career, uh, jobs, it happens a little bit quicker. But if it's a career, it happens, you know, it might take years and years. But you, you get to a point where there's really nothing new that pops up. Anything that pops up, you've dealt with before. Anything that happens, you know what to do. There's no, there, there's nothing that kind of keeps you on your toes. There's not a challenge. And your, and your work becomes easy. And when that happens, a lot of people enjoy that because they don't have to work as hard because they have knowledge. They, they can work half as hard as a new person because they just know the systems they know how to operate within those parameters to get the most efficiency out of whatever that they, they do. I'm definitely there in, in my job now, for the most part. I have a very unique job, and it's uh, you definitely never master it. It's much like the game of golf where... Um, it seems like you're always, you could always do better. But <clears throat> my point is every time that I've gotten to that place and I feel like my job is getting easy, I feel myself start to let my guard down and I take things for granted and you go, okay, I don't show up 10 minutes early anymore. I show up five minutes early. Then all of a sudden it's right on time. And then all of a sudden it's like two minutes late. And that's never a good thing for me. And the first time that I really remember this happening on a, on a, on a big level, first time I really remembered it was I was working at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City where the Royals play, the home of the Kansas City Royals. And I was a security guard. I was like 19 years old. I got a job there. Um... No one else wanted, I got a job at a security company, and when they were offering me jobs, they said, hey, uh, we got this one, it's like sitting in a guard shack, you got this one, you got this one, and I'm like, okay, then they're like, well, we got Kauffman Stadium, but nobody wants that, and I go, wait a minute, I'll take that, because I'm a huge baseball fan, even though I'm not a Royals fan, you know, I like the Royals uh, enough, because I grew up in Kansas City when when I was a kid, and... I was a huge Red Sox fan, still am, and so I just love baseball, and I and I wanted more than anything just to be around baseball, and I was like, I'll take that job, and they're like, well, man, are you sure? Because most people don't want this job. I'm like, why? 
Hell yeah, I'll fucking take it. So my first day at work, I was trained by this guy named Dave um, Hennessy was his last name. And I'll go ahead and use his real name because I have nothing bad to say about him. He's, he's one of my earliest mentors. Um, growing up without a father, it was very easy for me to, to um, kind of get involved with males that I really looked up to or that I, I, I respected. Uh, they had a big impact on my life. So like my, I had some coaches, my martial arts instructor when I was a kid, uh, I only have a few and there was only a few in my early days, but Dave was definitely one of them, uh, because this is one of the first real jobs, quote unquote, that I had every job that I had before then was like a job that was right up the street and I walked to and a bunch of my friends worked there or something. And this one was the first one where it was like all new people it was, you know, on the other side of town. I had to drive, you know, 30 minutes to get there. Um, it, it felt like a real job. And so I got there, and Dave was, was, was training me. And he said, yeah, we go through a lot of security guards here uh, because n- nobody wants to walk because you have to do patrols like every hour. And the stadium is huge, and you have to check every single door in the stadium. So it takes, like... You know, if you work a 12-hour shift, it's going to take eight hours just to check every door. And so you're walking a lot. And I was young in shape. You know, I, I, I loved it. I loved that aspect. But because of it, most security guards, they're looking to sit behind a desk or sit in a guard shack or sit behind some monitors. They don't want to walk around. They don't want to do something. So instantly I jumped at this opportunity. I was like, hell yeah. And so I remember my first, like, week as I was – so happy to have this opportunity because I was getting to meet the players. I get to go down the clubhouse. I get to, you know, help the players get, you know, to and from their taxis and help them with their bags and, you know, check out their rental cars to them. I I mean, I was involved with, you know, I was making $9 an hour helping millionaires, you know, and it was, it it was kind of a dream come true at a, at at a very young age. Uh, But I really wanted to be the best security guard that I could. So I'm checking every single door. I'm writing my reports the way I'm supposed to. I'm, you know, making my radio checks every hour. I'm, you know, uh, drinking four or five cups of coffee a night because I'm, you know, I'm working the midnight to, to noon shift and make sure to stay awake and, and just always on, on my toes. I mean, I'm just waiting for people to break in the stadium so I can chase them down and, I mean, I was just on it. And I was like that for, it was probably two or three years, probably close to three years. But I remember about the three-year mark is when I started to kind of get jaded a little bit. Some of the politics of the job, uh, supervisors that I didn't agree with, um, just starting to get comfortable because I've worked there for so long and so many other people revolve through, I you know, you start feeling like, you're needed or, Oh, I, I got this. They, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a master of this because I know everything there is to know about the stadium. And next thing you know, I'm not checking every door anymore because I know this door is always locked. I know that these bathrooms are not going to be unlocked. How do I know that? Because it's the off season. They don't, they don't unlock these bathrooms in the off season. So why the fuck do I need to check them? You know? And so I started cutting corners. 
not only did I start cutting corners, but then I started seeing opportunities to do other shit. And so I was an artist at the time, so I'd bring some of my artwork and I would just put, you know, lock myself in a conference room for the first four hours of my shift and just work on my artwork. Then I stopped doing that and I started bringing video games and started bringing um, like uh, the furry first PlayStation. And I remember me and my buddy made friends with the guy who ran the scoreboard. It was called the Jumbotron. And we actually hooked up a PlayStation to the Jumbotron and uh, played some games for about 30 minutes until uh, we got a phone call that somebody saw it from the highway. <laughs> we were playing a video game on the Jumbotron. But I would let I would let buddies in and you know give them a tour of the the stadium. I'd go down in the in the the the, the uh, first level is where the clubhouses were and they had batting cages down there. I'd me and my buddies go down there and play around in the batting cages and go in the weight room and I just fucked off and I got to the point where that's all I did is I just I I worked harder at figuring out how to forge my report and not do my job and just show up. Because, you know, that little voice in your head was telling you, well, no one else fucking does any of these patrols. So even if you do the bare minimum, you're still doing more than other people. And that's not necessarily true. But, you know, that's what I did. And I realized one day I, I, would, I would start to not sleep as much during the day, knowing that I didn't have a lot to do at night, especially if it was the off season. And I could always get a nap at work. And so it first started with, I'll take like an hour nap. And then it was two hours. By the, by the end, I was sleeping six hours at work a night. I swear to God. I was sleeping, not every night, but if I didn't sleep at all, or if I had lots of stuff to get done during the day, then I would go, well, I'll just sleep when I get to work. And I had a system and I figured out a way to be able to do it and get away with it. I get way too comfortable. There's many things that happen that I'm not going to get into. Nothing like criminal or anything, but a lot of just fucking around that I kind of got away with. And one day I woke up because I was sleeping in this suite and I, I I went to to take a little nap about one in the morning and I woke up like it was like seven in the morning and I woke up because the sun was beating in my face and someone was like at the front door ringing the doorbell I ran down there let them in they were of course bitching at me because I was supposed to be at the front door and stuff and and I was thinking to myself this job is so fucking easy. There's nothing that I have to do. I just come to work and I sleep or play video games or watch movies. It's the easiest job in the world. And at this time, I worked there uh, for about four and a half years. I was almost 24 at this time or 23. I was 23. And I was thinking to myself, if I stay here any longer, I don't think, I think I'll be ruined. I looked at some of the people that I worked with 
And I don't think that they could do another job because they were as lazy as I was. And it scared the shit out of me. And I thought to myself, I have to fucking quit right now or I'm going to be a loser for the the rest of my life. I have no work ethic anymore. I have nothing that I'm trying to achieve. There's no promotion that I can uh, that I can get. There's 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 no like end game. There's nothing that really is driving me to be better. Everything in this job is a trap. It's a it's a trap to make me lazy. That's how I started to view it. And it scared the shit out of me. Swear to God, I had this conscious thought of, I got to get the fuck out of this job because this is too easy. And so I quit. And I got a job in a lumber yard. The exact opposite. Where, I mean, I'm fucking outside in the 90 degree heat or 10 below zero, whatever the temperature is. I'm outside, driving a forklift, stacking lumber, getting dirty, getting sawdust, all, you know, breathing it all all the time, breathing fumes and, you know, just getting the shit beat out of you, splinters in your hands. And, you know, it was a, it was a hard fucking job. And that early job at the stadium, that thought inhabits my head many, many times throughout my life where no matter if I'm working at that lumber yard or what I'm doing, once I start to feel like my job is getting easy and I'm starting to kind of like let off the gas a little bit and, and coasting, it scares the shit out of me and I get the fuck out. Because I know my life, it's about growth. And it doesn't matter what I achieve as far as monetary gains, as far as being a boss or being a an owner or being whatever. If I'm not challenged and I don't feel like um, I can rise to the occasion, if something in this world makes me soft, then I might as well be dead. That's the way I think. And so just about every job that I've had, I've quit when I get to that point where I go, oh, this is easy for me and there's nothing that's challenging and that that scares me. I'm kind of at that point now with my job. And so I'm looking for a change. But not just with my job. Also with my life. And so what this podcast is about today is I have a challenge. Not to you. You don't have to do this because I don't know what your life is like. But this is a challenge for me. And I'm saying it on the airways because I want you guys to hold me to it. And so one of the things that that I have done in my life is I've achieved um, mediocre success where I have a nice house, I have a nice car, I have a beautiful wife. I have a good paying job. I, you know, I relatively enjoy my life on a day-to-day basis. And there's nothing that I have to do. I don't have any kids. I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have to work 80 hours a week. And so I have a lot of free time. And what I enjoy doing besides, you know, spending time with my wife and my dogs and, 
you know, doing housework and all that stuff is I really do sit on my ass a lot and watch or play or interact with my Xbox. That's all I do. I play Overwatch probably a couple hours a night. Every TV show that I watch is through the Xbox, either Netflix or Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO Go. Um, or I watch YouTube. I watch a shit ton of YouTube videos. Um, my last podcast was about me, my wife being gone and me watching YouTube for hours on end and, and what I was coming across. And there's, there's weekends that my wife's gone out of town and I'll sit in front of that TV for eight, eight fucking hours. But I tell myself, well, I'm not, you know, I don't have cable. I'm not watching a TV show. I'm not watching commercials. I'm, you know, but it's it's more killing time and if i didn't see half the stuff that i watch on youtube it you know i wouldn't be any worse worse off than i am now and i love video games but it's more killing time than anything so i so i thought to myself instead of just putting all the emphasis on my job and having all these expectations just for that Why don't you raise the bar a little bit in your personal life? Yeah, you've achieved some success. Yeah, you don't need to work 80 hours a week. You don't have to, you know, kill yourself like, you know, back 20 years ago when I was always working two jobs and shit like that. Why don't you challenge yourself? And this is my challenge. I'm going to stop from this point on right now which is Sunday evening, I am not going to turn on my Xbox for an entire week. Now, maybe my wife will, but I'm not going to sit in front of it if she has it on. I'm not going to watch a TV show. I'm not going to play a video game. I'm not going to watch YouTube, anything. And the only caveat is two hours on Saturday, I am going to watch UFC event, heavyweight championship fight. I am going to watch that. And the only way to watch that is through, well, I can do it a couple different ways, but I can do it through the TV app, but, you know, the UFC app, but I'll probably do it through the Xbox. So I'm going to go ahead and say right now, next Saturday, I am going to watch it for a couple hours. But until this time next Sunday, I'm not, I am challenging myself not to touch my Xbox and not to watch a TV show or YouTube or a movie or anything. And why am I doing this is because I thought to myself, what would I accomplish if I did not play my Xbox? Hmm. Now, I'm not saying Xbox is bad or playing games or anything, but I've that's pretty much all I do is I work, I come home, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do um, as far as, you know, housework or mowing the lawn or, you know, paying bills But then when I have that done, then I'm just sitting in front of the TV for the most part, either playing a video game or watching it. And it's enjoyable because I'm spending time with my wife, but we're just sitting there. There's other things we can do, like play chess, play tennis, go run, you know, just hang out, Hmm. have sex. You know, there's a lot of things, so I can't use that as an excuse. Well, it's, you know, how my wife and I bond. No, we we can bond a dozen different ways. So my challenge to myself is just to see 
what, what, when I have all that white space, all that free time, what am I going to do to fill it? Am I going to gravitate toward my iPad or my phone? Am I going to gravitate toward what? What am I going to do? And so it's going to be an interesting social experiment. But one thing I am going to do is this is going to be a four-part series. And I'm going to do uh, the, the fourth episode. This is the fourth. The fourth, fourth episode is going to be a week uh, from today on Sunday. But because I'm not going to mess around with my Xbox, I'm going to have more opportunities to sit in front of the microphone and kind of update you on my psychological state, if I'm bored, if I'm getting more done, if if I if I see value in getting rid of it cuz I might not. I remember when I was a school teacher, I drink NOS energy drink. Everybody knows it. Everybody that knows me always sees my NOS energy drink and people think I drink a lot. I drink one can a day. And why they think I drink it drink it all the time is because it will take me probably till about one o'clock in the afternoon, I'll, I'll crack it open at nine o'clock in the morning and I won't finish it till one in the afternoon. I mean, it sits on my desk all day. I'll carry it with me and I just sip it every once in a while. I don't like chug it down or anything. So people, I think just assume that I'm, that I drink two or three cans. I drink one, one can a day. And so when I was a school teacher, all the kids knew that I drank NOS because they'd always see it on my desk. And so we were having a conversation much like this about uh, giving stuff up or, or uh, sacrificing stuff. And they challenged me to not drink NOS for one month. Or maybe it was one week and I end up going one month. But anyway, I just gave away the ending. They challenged me or how long I could go without drinking NOS. And I went for one month. Now, the first couple of days were extremely hard. I was getting caffeine headaches and all that stuff. But one thing I realized is I just started, you know, supplementing caffeine in other ways, either more coffee or whatever. But my point is I stopped drinking NOS. And after about a month into it, I thought to myself, you know, because the experiment was over, the kids were like, yeah, you did it. Good job. And I went back to it. Why? Because I was thinking, why not? I'm, it doesn't hurt me to have a can of NOS a day. There's people that drink alcohol every fucking day, smoke cigarettes every fucking day, drink a two liter of fucking cola. I don't, I don't do any of that shit. Only thing I do is drink one fucking NOS. So I was like, if that's my worst vice, then I'm still doing pretty good. And so I, I, I gave myself permission to have that one treat because there's no point in getting rid of it. Now, if I was drinking uh, two or three a day, like I've had buddies that drink, you know, three energy drinks a day and stuff. They got to cut back. Right. But I'm not, I wasn't there. So there was no point in, in continuing that experiment. And with this, I might decide the same thing. Maybe I'll learn to just, you know, play video games a little bit or an hour a night or something like that. Or maybe I'll just get rid of it altogether. I remember when I was a, uh, a working artist and writer, I got rid of all my video game consoles because they were too much of a distraction and, and I couldn't focus. So we're about to find out because maybe I'll get some stuff done around the house. Maybe I'll find new hobby. Maybe I'll uh, start working on some more artwork. 
Maybe I'll do more podcasts. Maybe I'll exercise more. Maybe I'll sleep more. Who fucking knows? But we're about to find out. And the reason I'm doing this is just because I want a challenge. I want something that that I want to get out of my comfort zone. I find myself in a pattern. And when you find yourself in a pattern, sometimes you got to break yourself out of it. You got to do something different. And uh, my life is easy enough where it's easy for me to get in patterns. I, I'm, I'm going to break out of that pattern. This is the beginning. And there's more to come. There's more patterns I will be breaking. There's more changes that I will be doing in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. But you guys are going to help keep me on track. So today is not even day one because I just played Xbox about three hours ago. But I'm not playing anymore for a week. And if you knew me, I love my Overwatch. I mean, I play competitive, all that shit. So it's it's not going to be easy. But I'm going to do it. And nobody out there really knows if I'm doing it or not. But, uh, you know, maybe at some point um, I would reveal my, my screen name. But I don't think enough people listen to this to really give a shit. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to my gamer tag, you know, so you can see if I'm online or not. Um, and that's not really relevant either. Cause my wife uses the Xbox to watch her shows and shit like that too. So, but you're just gonna have to trust me, I guess. So we're going to see this social experiment. What happens? I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to get out of this pattern and I'm going to see, and, and obviously there's something in my life I'm unhappy with that I'm trying to change. And what I'm unhappy with is myself is that I don't want to give myself excuses for not like if I don't make it to the gym, it's like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm too busy or I'm too mm -mm, not going to have that excuse now. If I don't get another podcast done, I don't have that excuse now because I have lots of free time in the next week. I want to see what I do with that free time. Because it will be interesting to see if I just pick up another bad habit. Maybe I'll just start masturbating all the time or uh, fuck, who knows, you know. I'm also going to try to stay off Amazon because in the past when I get bored, I buy a lot of shit on Amazon. So that's probably another, that's a whole nother podcast right there is all the bullshit I buy on Amazon. But so that's the experiment, everybody. So this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off right now, 42 minutes in. Because I'm going to be updating this podcast throughout the week. So probably the next one will probably be Tuesday. Um, and maybe another one on uh, Friday. And then, of course, or maybe Thursday. And then Sunday will be the fourth one. So this one, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Friday. And then then the last one on Sunday. And we'll, we'll conclude it with uh, kind of like the AR format of uh, when you're doing a, anything in the Army. AR means after action review. You always Anytime you do anything in the Army, afterwards you always go, okay, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What do we want to do different next time? And so that's what, what I'm going to do is, is what did I learn? Did I learn something about myself? If not, then I might need to do it longer. Maybe it will turn into, hey, not only am I going to give away or give up Xbox, I need to give up this too, or I need to add this to my life. It's going to be interesting. And uh, my wife is 
probably I'm probably going to drive her nuts because I'm going to that's how I get a lot of stress out is is killing people online and yelling at them through my microphone uh, over Xbox. So we'll see. My dogs will probably get walked a lot more. So all right, till next time everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Another podcast is coming in just a couple days. We'll see how my mental state is. And till next time, be good to everybody. Peace out.